Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. edition of the Sporting Edge. I know last week we were on different time schedules, so we went one segment apiece. Uh, but we're back together here on the L.A. line, the Chicago line. We're here to bring you gambling talk, sports talk, and we're going to try to make your week better as we try to make our week better as well. Sander, it's good to be back on the line with you. I missed you last week. Uh, how was your trip to Vegas? It was good. You know, Talking about the gambling lines, uh, there was quite a lot of that going on uh, within the Horowitz household um, in Vegas this past week, we uh, started off our stay at the Mirage, um, and it was a lot of fun because it was actually my sister's first time out there. She was 23, and uh, first time being of legal age. The last time she was there, she was seven years old. So this trip had been uh, about 16 years in the making, and it was a great time. A lot of family blackjack, a lot of family craps. Um, it seemed like everybody in my family won except for me, which is okay because I do like to fire it up at the table, um, so I get a little carried away sometimes. Um, hit a couple nightclubs. You ever been to uh, Caesar's Palace, Omnia Club? Um, everything out in Vegas is pretty outrageous. We were standing in a line of about 200 people trying to figure out, you know, we were supposed to be on this list and we were talking to everybody and I guess everybody else was on the list too. Uh, so that was pretty crazy. We got a couple of double vodka sodas at the bar for a crisp $84. <laughs> uh, so those, wow. those that, drinks And were, I thought LA prices were rough. Yeah, um, Vegas, they don't hold anything back. You know, they had the uh, the bottle service tables uh, for 5000 or 10000 right next to the stage. So, unfortunately, that wasn't in uh, my sister and I's budget, but we did have a great time. Um, and it was funny, she wanted to go to this club to, to hear Zed's Dead play. And at 1 in the morning, they still hadn't come on, and we were pretty pooped. So, we, uh, we headed back to the Mirage, played a, played a couple of games at the table, um, and that was it. And funny story, the next night... We went to the club inside the Mirage, the One Oak Club, and I was wearing my my really fancy jacket that my sister had got me for Christmas um, with just like a plain white t-shirt under there, and as we were walking in, (laughs) the guy goes, you're going to have to check that coat for $10, and (laughs) I look at my sister, and I was like, hey, you know what, Sam? Let's uh let's go play a couple games. Uh, you know, play a little blackjack. Let's get that done. I don't really want to pay ten dollars to check this coat when I'm literally wearing a overtight shirt under here. And she wasn't had having any of it. Started yelling at the bouncer, who was probably a six eight version of Trent Richardson. 
Um, and after about a minute, <laughs> after about a minute Odd's of not that, your favor. yeah, I was like, you know what, Sam, you're not the one getting going to get hit here. It's probably going to be me. So why don't we head out and we can still have a good time around the hotel. Um, so we ended up doing that. Uh, so it was interesting. It was a fun trip. Um, played in a poker tournament. I cashed. It was, it was a great time. Came in eighth place out of 60 people. So that was fun. Um, other than that, it was, it was, you really, you really took it to Vegas. I mean, what did the Horwitz, was it a positive weekend for the Horwitz? Did we come out in, in the green or were we finishing in the red? That's, we, uh, that's we a actually, big question we, we need to answer on this show. The term is the black. The Horwitz family did come out in the black. Uh, Mom and Dad had a pretty great trip. I think they won. You know, I only over. see green. Yeah, well, they came over, came out a little over uh, 800 combined, I think. Uh, and then my sister and I took a little bit of a loss, but you know what? It, it was fun. It was a great time. Um, ate way too much. I was on a diet for the past two months, and I think that I threw that all away in about two days at an all-you-can-eat buffet, uh, which I ate it three times. Uh, so <laughs> other than Jeez. that... So- Vegas for the win, man. And we got to tell you, if you're listening to this show, Vegas, one beautiful place to be for all of two days. And then you realize that's uh, it's the closest thing we're going to get to hell on earth uh, if you spend more days than that. But Wits, I know you you are a sports gambling aficionado, and I know that I claim to be one, but more of an addict. What were we seeing NCAA-wise? Were, you, were we hitting this weekend? Were uh were you kind of on the wrong side of the picks? What's going on, and what do you see moving forward in the um, NCAA? You know what? Actually, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to bet on any uh, college basketball this past weekend. I did watch a couple games, um, but we've got a lot of interesting stuff going on in the rankings right now, Roz. And one thing that I'm looking at, I th- and I think this is going to be a big question throughout the rest of the year, uh, the Duke Blue Devils. Obviously, everybody saw the Zion Williamson injury. Uh, Duke is now twenty-four and three, and I just want to get your take. You know, where does this leave Duke? I know they still got you know two lottery picks left on that team. But Zion Williamson, you know, I think a standout for Player of the Year in college basketball. You know, is he going to come back at all this year? What kind of effect is this going to have on the Blue Devils? Um, you know, where do you see them? Are they still going to be a number one seed? And you know, how does this affect them going down the stretch? Because they're actually still the favorite to win the NCAA tournament right now at two to one. Um, but where do you see the blue devils going from here? Uh, this is tricky. Um, with Zion's injury with Trey Jones being susceptible to injury, when you're betting on this team, it's kind of scary. I had fun with them this weekend. It was Jim Beheim who had just had that fatal accident playing against the Zion list Duke blue devils. I, I didn't initially get my bet in Duke was minus seven at closing line. Uh, they had started at minus three, unbelievably, and they actually covered both of those lines. Not that that's important, but I had sat at the bar watching that game being like, I need Duke to be down by five and a half, and I'm going to throw all my money second half line. And Xander, I know you get on me about betting these second half lines, but I had a minus four and a half second half line, which was not even in favor for Duke to win the game. They came out, smoked Syracuse in the second half, um, which was huge. So Duke is very talented. We just saw them take the spill to Virginia Tech. But um, this, this, what we're gonna, how we're going to have to gamble moving forward is based on these injuries. And if Zion's going to continue to play or if he's not going to continue to play, that's the biggest fear. I think he's going to come back. But as our trusted listener, Jared Rubin, has once said, to me at least, that if he is to have any minor setbacks, that could be the end of his college basketball career. Yeah, and a little correction: I said twenty-four and three. The Duke is twenty-four and four with that loss uh, to Virginia Tech on Tuesday, and we're sitting here on Thursday now. And I, I agree with you. I don't really know what to think 
of Duke right now because um, they simply they haven't looked that great without Zion. Um, you know, R.J. Barrett has been really the sole source of consistent offense. Um, but, you know, teams have begun to collapse on him and they're kind of getting used to him having the ball, not giving it to anybody else. So there's going to be stretches like we saw, you know, in the second half. Um, I think it was against Syracuse where he's going to get his points, but we're going to need more help from Cam, Rid- Cam Reddish and Trey Jones. Um, just not getting it right now. And, you know, against Virginia Tech on Tuesday, um, Duke had its second worst defensive performance of the season. So that's another thing to look out for. Um, but, you know, looking at the top now, we have the Virginia Cavaliers up top and followed by uh, Gonzaga, you know, the AP poll, coaches poll. Um, what do you think of those two teams? Is Gonzaga, you know, really worth a number one seed? Um, and how do you see them playing out in the tournament right now? They're, their odds are eleven to two, so if you want to equate that into one, uh, five and a half to one uh, to win. So they got the second best odds right now in the nation. We got about twenty seconds left, Roz. What do you think about the Bulldogs? Well, we're going to get into it, and there's not a whole lot of factors that go into the judging Bulldogs being a one seed. But we'll get into it in the next segment, everybody. We're going to talk about how Gambler's Paradise is coming to March Madness. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, the first weekend of March Madness, I think, is the best week of the year, and it really, really kind of warms up for you know the whole tournament, Major League Baseball. Then we, you know, before you know it, we get into football, um, NBA playoffs. It's really awesome. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss the show, you know where to find us: LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM247.com. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back once again for segment number two. We were just about to talk about Gonzaga, who's sitting at 11-2 or plus 550 to win the national title. Uh, like I've mentioned on the show a bunch, I don't usually gamble on Gonzaga, and I don't think you do either. Wits, I mean, we're seeing lines each game, like minus 18.5 to minus 27. I'm not a big line guy in college football. I kind of like throwing out those week one through three big lines because – you know those teams are ready to start the year off right with a big clobber. Gonzaga's tough. They don't play in a competitive conference. They have proven they can get to the finals. I stay away from them typically. They do have one of the, arguably their most talented team they've had in Wildwitz. Uh, but I, at plus 550, really not my cup of tea here. I would like to look a little bit lower down. I know you just mentioned that Virginia, who's 13-2, to two, uh, plus 650 to win the national title. It's kind of my resting point right now. It's all based on Zion, but with it being plus 650, that's where the majority of my money is being put into. I think this Virginia team, although they lost to a 16 seed last year, and that's really what people are hanging on to, they are the best team outside of Duke. Their only loss is coming to Duke. I think Virginia really is a national, tender, national championship contender, and uh, they're really taking the most of my attention moving forward. Yeah, you know, the thing about Gonzaga is I don't usually like to bet on them, but I think they're pretty fairly priced here at 13-2. to I mean, you look at their schedule and say what you want about the conference that they play in, but I think three key games, you know, that I saw this year was, first of all, the win against Duke. Um, It seems like a long time ago, but that was a great effort, and it really showed you that Gonzaga is a team that can really compete with anybody. I mean, I think Duke is the best team in the nation. Um, you know, without Zion, that, that kind of gets a little tougher. But overall, you know, Zion was playing in that game. And then they had two really tough losses, you know, the only losses of their season uh, against Tennessee, 
uh, which they played a really tough game. They were at home. Um, they lost 76-73 to a Tennessee team that I think we can both agree um, is clearly a top 10 team, You know, if not a top 5 team. I know they're ranked a little bit uh, outside that right now. Um, and then a, a 103-90 loss at UNC. Um, you know what? I don't think they, they don't, they didn't play very well in that game. Um, but overall I do like the Bulldogs. And one thing I think you have to love about them is Mark Few. I mean, one of the most experienced coaches in college basketball has really shown that he can get his teams, um, you know, pretty far in the tournament. You know, I'm thinking a few years ago when they made it to the national championship versus North Carolina, uh, that's a guy who knows how to win, has been doing it for a long time. So I think Gonzaga at 13 to two, um, I'm not loving it, but you know, if you told me that you liked him to win it all, uh, I couldn't disagree with you. I do like Virginia as well. Um, it's hard for me to get that taste out of my mouth from last year being, you know, the first number one seed ever to lose to a 16 and not only number one, but the number one overall seed. Um, so that's still a, a tough pill to swallow, but you look at Virginia, you know, I think they're going to be able to build off that dominant second half at Louisville this past Saturday. Um, next two games, which, you know, one of them played last night, uh, Georgia tech, and one of them is against Pittsburgh this Saturday. Um, two of the worst teams in the ACC, you know, I think Tony Bennett's going to get this team, you know, firing on all cylinders, um, kind of get rid of those sloppy halves. I think it's a great time to work on on their game for Virginia as we come up to these conference tournaments. Uh, but another team I'm looking at, Roz, I know we talked to, talked about them a few weeks ago, and they just keep plotting their way up the rankings. The Kentucky Wildcats, John Calipari, this team oh. is 24-4, and four, um, ranked in the top five now. And I, I can tell by that noise you're not, you're not too thrilled about Kentucky, but tell me why. Why aren't you feeling the Wildcats right now? And we've got them sitting at 8-1 to one to win it all. Um, what do you not like about the Wildcats? Well, this is what I love. This is why I ended the last segment with it's gambler's paradise because we have these ridiculous lines. I've got Kentucky at eight to one. We've got UNC at twelve to one. Michigan State twelve to one. A team that's going to be without two of their star players arguably through the rest of the year. Uh, so we're seeing a lot of value at the top of these teams that I've been hard on and have been accurate about all season long so far. Kentucky, I get it. Massive win against Tennessee really helps their resume makes them look like a potential one seed come tournament time. They don't have the pedigree to win a national title with this style team too young, which I understand we've seen the Anthony Davis led team, but they also had a point guard that year in Marcus Teague who didn't translate to the pros, but was good enough to compete at that level. Obviously also you have Anthony Davis and Michael Gilchrist on that team with a couple of veterans who made it to the NBA as well. I don't like to say to one, I would say stay far, far away from it unless you live in Lexington, Kentucky, and you bleed blue. I don't like Kentucky at all. I don't like the other blue in UNC. I know that they got the win against Duke, again, without Zion Williamson. And I know that they have a win against Gonzaga. Both were number one or number one ranked teams in the country at one point. I just don't trust them down the way. They do have veteran talent, but I haven't seen enough in close games as well as in games where they start behind that they can come back in a tournament and make your, the value of that 12 to one work for you really for me. Cause I know we're going to jump back into some teams at the top. I really like Houston 40 to one. They have one loss on the year. They're a team that has dominated their conference, which is a better conference than that of Gonzaga. And I think they're 
going to put on a show come March Madness time. I think it is their time to shine. Similar to the way Gonzaga got to the Final Four, I really do like Houston. 40-1, to 1, if I could tell you right now that I see them in the Final Four and that just puts them two games away from you cashing in that check, I think you got to take them. Uh, I don't know what would be really in their way. I think this is an absolutely athletic, powerful team that can put up points. I really do like Houston, and I think the odds there are fantastic moving forward. Yeah, it reminds me uh, a little bit of the Baylor team that you called a couple years ago that was riding a super hot streak. Um, I haven't watched much of Houston this year, to be honest with you, um, and I'm not I'm not a big fan. Um, but a team that is really interesting to me, Roz, right now is the Michigan Wolverines at fourteen to one. Um, and I say interesting because they started off the year so hot, um, number one team. They were firing on all cylinders, hit a rough patch. Uh, they're now twenty four and four. Uh, third place in the Big Ten standings with their loss to Michigan State. Um, and I think, you know, their star player, Charles Matthews, really struggled offensively this past Sunday. Only four points on eight shots. Um, you're not going to win many games shooting 27% from deep. Um, but two of Michigan's final three games of the season are at Maryland and at Michigan State. It's a tough stretch, but I think if we've seen in the past anything John Beeline and this Michigan team, they know how to get hot at the right time. And that's what kind of excites me about Michigan. I don't really want them to be at the top because um, I think I think of the Michigan team that won the Big Ten a few years ago um, or the hottest team in college basketball, and they rode that all the way to the national championship game. So I think Michigan is a team that will probably get in you know, as a two or three seed. I think they're going to make a lot of noise in the tournament. And I actually like them. I like them a little more than Michigan State right now. If you had to put um, you had to put a gun to my head and pick a team for Michigan, I, I completely agree with you, and I think that that was an anomaly—the style game that Michigan played against Michigan State. And I know they're going to have to now go to Michigan State in that final game of the year, which could actually decide the Big Ten championship just in regular season play, not the tournament style. Fourteen to one, also a fun pick. I think that Michigan is a healthy Big Ten pick. The Big Ten has been performing well in the NCAA tournament as of late. It's not like college football where they're not the team that makes it into the tournament. This is their tournament to win. I like Michigan the best of the Big Ten. I know Wisconsin's been having a tough go of late, but I've got Wisconsin sitting there at not eight, at 80-1. to one. Uh, I think that's a fun bet if you're just looking to throw a couple bucks down and see how far you can put the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, but Michigan is my Big Ten favorite going into March Madness. I think that is a good pick, 14-1. to one. I think that's better. Um, I think they are better than Michigan State. Obviously, that last game didn't show that, but I think you'll see down the line and in conference tournament play that Michigan is the best team coming out of the Big Ten. Yeah, and uh, two teams a little further down the rankings. I'm looking at, uh, if you're looking for a little value, at 30-1. to 1, um, The Purdue Boilermakers, I know I brought them up a couple weeks ago, sitting at 20-7. and 7. Um you know, Carson Edwards, I think if he ever finds a, finds a hot streak, he's really struggled lately. Um, last game went 3 of 16 from the field, 1 of 10 from 3 against Nebraska. And that came four days after he went 4 of 24 from the field and 0 for 10 from 3. Um, but guys like Matt Painter, Matt Harms, really stepping up. And, you know, I think, you know, Purdue's victory over Indiana, I think I think you're seeing a team that could make another run. And behind Michigan, they're one of the teams I like in the Big Ten. Also, the Kansas Jayhawks, kind of just purely on their name and their coach. Um, that is a team I'm always going to be a little bit scared of going into the tournament. They kind of remind me of a Kentucky team a couple years ago that was, I think, an 8 or 9 seed. Made a pretty big run, um, but we're going to break down 
all the brackets and all the seeds coming up. We've got conference championship weekends are right around the corner. Um, that'll roll us right into March Madness. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm and amfm247.com. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger who writes the hot topics and the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? Do you smell that? Which I know you can smell that. The freshly mowed lawns, a little bit of dirt in your water. Baseball is back. Spring training is here. And Chris Bryant hit a home run in his first game of spring training, yet is still mad with the Chicago Cubs about the arbitration issues they went through um, when he was first coming up to the Cubs and their, uh, their team. I'm a little worried about that, but we're not going to start with that. We're going to start with just how excited we are that baseball's back. It's no longer just pitchers and catchers reporting. It is now teams are ready to play some spring ball. And you know what that means for us, Wits? It means an opportunity for you to pick the New York Mets again, and an opportunity for me to pick a team that legitimately has a chance at winning the World Series in 2019. Yeah, um, I've had a little bit of a rough stretch, for those of you who don't listen very often, uh, with the New York Giants and the New York Mets, I, I just have some sort of an infatuation with those two teams, and they always seem to let me down when it matters the most. And as we, we talked a little bit before the show, Roz, the New York Mets, they're actually in the top half um, of the odds pool to win the MLB, the World Series this year. Uh, and I was kind of surprised by I think, that. I think they know that that you're going to put your money on them, so I think they they don't want to even risk the op- like they don't want you to win so bad that they try to put the Mets in the middle ground area. Yeah, and it's interesting, but you know what? I'm going to still stick by the fact that if the New York Mets, you know what? I don't think they're going to win the World Series, but if you told me that they were playing competitive baseball and had a chance, um then I, I would not be surprised at all. And here's the reason. I mean, they do have the best pitcher well, or you can make an argument Jacob DeGrom, and just won the Cy Young, one of the best pitchers in baseball. You have Noah Syndergaard, you know, we've seen if he can stay healthy. And that's the big if. And I think, you know, the past couple of years, you've seen my Mets pick just go up in flames. I think a lot of that had to do with the health of that pitching staff. Um, you know, I know the offense has had their ups and downs, but I think they have a couple of good pieces. And I'm mainly looking at Ahmed Rosario um, as being one of the key, the key cogs in that lineup. Brandon Nimmo, Michael Conforto. So I think they've got a lot of good things working over there in New York. But you look at Syndergaard, you look at DeGrom, you look at Steven Matz. This is a rotation that if they can stay healthy, it could be the best in baseball. And you know that's why I'm not I'm not going to count them out. I don't really like the price at 20 to 1. I think that's a little bit light. 
um, when you're kind of comparing them, comparing them against all these other teams. But the New York Mets um, health, you know, just like it is for any team, is going to be a major factor because I think they definitely have the talent. Uh, but also one of the things I'm looking at, how is that bullpen going to hold up for the entire year? Because we're see, we, I think we've seen kind of a shift in Major League Baseball over the past few years um, that, you know, starters, they're not – you don't really find many guys who are going seven, eight innings into a game anymore. I mean, I, I feel like managers are waiting to pull the hook, you know, basically as soon as they can after the fifth inning. Um, and you start seeing these guys, every reliever, it seems like on every good team is throwing in the mid to upper 90s. Um, and I think it makes it that much harder as a hitter because you don't get to see, uh, you know, guys are coming around the rotation again. Um, and I, honestly, I'm not a big fan. I, I like the old days of baseball where you had guys who were, consistently throwing seven. You just like the workhorse. I like like the workhorse. Um, And I think, you know, rest in peace, a guy who I thought of as a workhorse was Roy Holiday. Just recently got inducted into the Hall of Fame. But that was a guy, you know, whether he had his best stuff or not, would come out and give you like seven solid innings, it seemed like, every time. And there was really no question about it. Um, But the game's been changing a little bit. And we've seen, you know, some of these teams with these great bullpens, um, they're the teams that are being really successful. And I'm looking at the top. We're looking at the top five teams odds-wise right now. You've got the Yankees at 6-1, to one, the Red Sox at 7-1, to one, defending champs, the Houston Astros at 7-1, to one, the Dodgers at 8-1, to one, and the Chicago Cubs round out the top five at 10-1. to one. Um, So when I look at those five teams, I see, I see a lot of similarities. I see a good young core of bats. We're looking at the Yankees. We've got Judge. We've got Stanton. You've got Sanchez. Um, you've got some great starting pitchers. I think you've got a, a solidified ace over there in Luis Severino. Um, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that he kind of builds off what he did last year because I think there was a little disappointing at times. Um, but the Red Sox defending champs. You know, you got AL MVP Mookie Betts, Xander Bogarts, um, JD Martinez. A lot of weapons. The Astros. I mean, it's hard to name all. There's so many all-stars on these teams, it's hard to name them all. But I think a big key, Roz, um, you need a couple good bats, you need some good starting pitching, and you need a good bullpen. And I think that's what we're seeing out of these top, you know, I'm looking at the top 10 teams almost. Um, We've got a lot of that going around. It'll be interesting to see where Bryce Harper signs because he still remains unsigned. But, um, yeah, those are kind of my initial thoughts right now on Major League Baseball. I think it's going to be tough to find a team outside of the top 10 odds-wise uh, that'll that'll bring home the crown. But, you know, if you told me the Mets, if you told me the Brewers, if you told me the Rockies, I think those are a few teams that might be able to make a run and you can get pretty good value. You know, I'd have a team like Colorado that's sitting at 40-1 to 1 right now. Yeah, that you took the sleeper right out of my mouth. Uh the Rockies, 41, interesting to me. We did just see the Nolan Arenado signing, which we're going to get into along with that Bryce Harper. But I did want to talk about the top five as well. Yankees, 6-1, to one, interesting to me. I think them, like the Cubs of years past, they're ready to win a World Series. They've had their woes. They've experienced their playoff losses. They just have the stacked team. They're ready to make that push. They're going to have to get past the Red Sox and the Astros, the last two champions who, rightfully so, are 7-1. to one. Uh there's just, like you said, there's so much talent on those top three teams that it's, it's like parallel to the NBA in terms of these stacked teams. And I kind of get that sense with these three teams. Obviously, baseball is different because one batter doesn't really truly make the difference. And there's going to be hot and cold streaks that really impact the way the regular season goes down as well as the postseason. You know what I hate, Xander? Dodgers 8-1. to one. Hate the Dodgers 8-1. to one. Huge overhaul. 
sending a bunch of their players away to Cincinnati, trying to get them far, far away. I mean, we just heard Yasiel Puig didn't even try while he was with the Dodgers. He's ready to get going with the Cincinnati Reds. Clayton Kershaw hurt again, and the season hasn't even started. He threw a ball, and it didn't feel right. Kershaw arguably could have been the greatest pitcher of all time. Sad to see the injury-riddled career that he has had. And them sitting at 8-1, hooey. They lost Manny Machado. They aren't getting Bryce Harper. I don't know where the eight to one sits. That rotation's getting older. I think you. I think you might see Bryce Harper on a short-term deal um, with the LA Dodgers who are coming up. I'm not sure if the Giants are going to close the deal, Um, but you know, don't be surprised if you see Bryce Harper in that Dodger blue this year. Ah man, he's having a fun trip in San Francisco, but I really think the Phillies are the closest to giving him the dollar amount he wants. San Francisco needed one last ditch effort, like the White Sox. I don't see it for the Dodgers. And even with Harper, me and you've had this argument about Major League Baseball players and what they're really worth. Like, I don't think he's worth the eight to one the Dodgers are at right now. I don't know. There's a lot of young talent. I know they get Corey Siegler back. Um, Corey Siegler. I know there's a lot. That's totally pronounced that wrong. Seeger. I just threw the L. You know, coming up in a Jewish community like Deerfield, we've got a lot of Siegler, Siegelum, Siegels, Huygens. I don't even know. But they are. They have a lot of young talent. Turner, not so young. The pitching, not so young. We'll have to see where it goes from there. Cubs 10-1. to 1, You know how I feel. I'm just going to be a fan. I'm going to keep my money away from the Cubs. They didn't add a whole lot. Their offense hasn't been very good the last two seasons. I know they've been a playoff team, but it's really going to be reliant on their rotation and you Darvish showing that he earned the money the OFC gave him. 10-1 to 1 scares me. If you're talking about my bets and where my money's going to go, it's going to stay in the AL with the Yankees, Red Sox, or Astros. And ultimately, the only sleeper I have right now is the Rockies. But keep in mind, Giants, without signing him, are 80-1. to 1. If they get Bryce Harper, they might have a new fan come the start of Major League Baseball season. Yeah, and you know, the thing about the Dodgers, I, I honestly think a big, a big key guy in the Major League Baseball this year is going to be Joe Kelly. Joe Kelly, if you remember, was kind of the wild thing of the Boston Red Sox last year. He's a flamethrower, um, and I was glad to see that. It seemed like he finally figured it out. You know, the past couple of years, I know he kind of reminded me of a Carl of a, excuse me a Kyle Farnsworth type. You know, as early in his career, threw really hard, just didn't really know where the ball was going though. But I thought he was it was a pretty big piece to that Red Sox team last year, and he's actually on the Dodgers this year. So. He, I think he's a rare breed in Major League Baseball. One of those guys who is a, you know, is a true middle reliever, a guy who can come on, you know, if you're in trouble in the second, third, or fourth, or need a guy from like the fifth to the seventh to the sixth to the eighth. I think he's a guy who could pay a lot of dividends for this Dodgers team. Um, and if Kenley Jansen kind of returns to the form that we saw two years ago um, and in years past. I think this Dodgers team could be very dangerous. At the same time, though, if those two pieces don't pull through for L.A., it's going to be a really tough road. Um, And also Houston, I think we know about the talent on offense with Correa, Marwin Gonzalez, Jose Altuve. Um, They've got a ton of pieces, but that rotation, I'm not 100% sold on right now. You've got another year older from Justin Verlander, who I'm not not going to discount because we thought he was dead like five years ago, and he's only been throwing as hard as he ever has in his career the past few years. Garrett Cole, I think, is a certified ace. Um, Colin McHugh, Lance McCullers, those are guys I'm not completely sold on. And losing Charlie Morton to the Tampa Bay Rays, um, I think that's going to be a tough blow because I think he really he really figured it out last year and was a big, you know, 
reason why the Houston Astros were successful. So I think we got a little bit more to talk about, but that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm and amfm247.com. I am the champion, my friends. And it is about that time. We are going to give you our champion picks. And we all know here at the Sporting Edge, Roz, greater than wits when it comes to picking champions as well as postseason bursts. But wits, I know you got a couple more teams you'd like to talk about before we give our official early season championship picks. Yeah, you know, I want to talk about a couple teams that are, I think, still in contention to win the title. Um, and here's a couple of reasons why I think the Atlanta Braves, I think they might be ready to take the next step this year. Um, I really, I love the Josh Donaldson deal. I think that's a guy, a former MVP who, if he can stay healthy and stay in the field, he could pay a lot of dividends for this young Braves lineup. I mean, I know we all saw Ronald Acuna last year, an absolute madman. Um, super fun to watch. This lineup could be really scary and if they can figure it out, Starting pitching-wise, um, guys like Julio Tehran, Sean Montgomery, um, I think that could be a really scary team. And it's kind of it kind of feels like a Mets pick, but don't be surprised if the Washington Nationals make it out of the first round in the playoffs this year. I'm looking at the top three of that rotation, and I'm arguably willing to put that top three up against any other top three in the major leagues. A healthy Max Scherzer, Steven Strasburg, Patrick Corbin is a trio that I would not want to screw with in a playoff series. The Nationals, while I think they're going to miss Bryce Harper, um, I don't think it's going to have that you know big of an impact on what they're going to do over there. It's going to be a tough division. You know, the Phillies and Braves have really turned have really turned it up a notch the past couple of years. You know, they were two bottom dwellers, it seemed like, for the past five or six years. But those look like they could be two playoff teams. So this it's going to be tough. But Washington, I think, is going to make the playoffs. They're going to be battle-tested. Um, and then with the Mets in that division as well, whoever comes out of the NL East, I would say watch out because there is a lot of talent in that division. It's going to be tough. And whoever comes out on top... Um, I think that's going to be a very battle-tested team that's going to do well in the postseason. So I'm looking at the Nationals and the Braves as two teams that I, I think are I would put in that sleeper range right now. And then all the way down at 13 and 14, power rankings right now, the Phillies and the Brewers. So there there are a few teams outside of that top five um, that I think might have a shot. But I think it's going to be it's going to be tough to take down the Yankees or the Red Sox, in my opinion, because those teams, you know, look at the bats and the pitching from both sides, you know, starting pitching, relief pitching. Um, they're they're very tough. And they, they showed us that last postseason. They're going to be tough to take down. But I think there are a few teams out there that you can get a decent price for on your money. Um, so don't be surprised if they come home with a crown at the end of the year. I typically love money and I typically love trying to find a sleeper. But Wits, I'm going Yankees six to one to win the World Series this year, bringing home a title for my father, who is from New York as well as from the Chicagoland area. But bleeds Yankee blue or whatever that style of blue looks like. I'm going Yankees six to one MVP being Aaron Judge come the World Series time. Ah, man, that's tough. Uh, I can't disagree with you there, but I'm I'm going to take a team who I think if you compare. Each position, pitching, hitting, um, 
could be the best team in Major League Baseball, and I think people kind of forgot about them a little bit last year because they had such a brutal performance in the playoffs. But I'm going to take the Cleveland Indians at 12 to one here. I think I think everything is kind of mixing together for the Indians to take home the title this year. Um, I think a major a major key to this team is going to be Andrew Miller. Does he stay healthy this year? I know he's getting older. Um, Cody Allen needs to perform better in the closing role in that spot. But I think when you got guys like Jose Ramirez, Francisco Lindor, um, Edwin Encarnacion, I think that's going to be a scary team. And I think they're going to prove a lot of people wrong. Um, cause they're just, they're a team that you're not really hearing about. I mean, you're hearing about the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers, you know, and you're hearing about the Braves and the Phillies, you know, is Bryce Harper going to go to Philadelphia? Um, but I think Cleveland is a team to watch out for. And our, our final MLB note, I want to give a shout out to Nolan Arenado for getting a record-setting contract extension for the Rockies, eight years, $260 million. Um, this is the largest ever deal in terms of average annual value for a position player. Um, Arenado was set to become a free agent next offseason, but now he's pretty set up for life. And I honestly couldn't be happier for him. I think Nolan Arenado is one of my favorite players in the game. Um, offense, defense, he really does it all. And anybody who says it's because he's playing in Colorado just hasn't watched the guy play over the past, you know, six years. Um, so congratulations to him. That's awesome. And, you know, he's going to be a major piece and a major factor in the NL West this year with the Colorado Rockies. Yeah, if he wants to toss us a couple bucks our way for giving him that shout-out, I'd definitely and most absolutely gratefully appreciate it. As many words as I could fit into that sentence, I mean, as as much money as he's making. Let's get to the NBA. Some of you know it as the National Basketball Association. Um, I know it as the Never Bet Anything League. Uh, Toughest thing to bet. We're sitting here, other than picking your NBA champion, we're sitting here looking at teams all over the place. we got the Milwaukee Bucks leading the Eastern Conference with the Raptors right behind them. We've got the Lakers, who are led by LeBron, almost certainly not going to make the playoffs this year, which is mind-blowing to me. Uh, we got the Clippers battling for that eighth spot. Timberwolves are out of this. The NBA is all over the place, and it's the same thing for gambling purposes. But I know, which that other than the Golden State Warriors, we do have teams that have realistic odds of winning the NBA championship. I'm looking at the Bucks, who are 8-1, to one as well as the Raptors, who are sitting at 12-1, to does the Eastern Conference pose any threat moving forward as we head into NBA postseason now that we finish the All-Star weekend? That's it's a great question. Um, I say they pose a little bit of a threat. I'm not going to say too much. But, you know, looking at the odds for the NBA title right now, Golden State. They're, four- they're mind-boggling. Like, aren't they mind-boggling? It's, it's it, absurd to me that Golden State's 4-9. Right. I mean, and now obviously what we've seen the past few years, you had to figure, especially with the addition of DeMarcus Cousins, that they were going to be the odds-on favorite. But to be, in a, to be in a team or a league of 30 teams, um, or I mean, it's 32, and to be an, a legitimate favorite, 4-9, um, is pretty unbelievable. But you know, we're, we're talking about value for your money here. I really don't see it. Um, it's kind of like you know betting on a horse that's one to five. I mean, great if you want to bet on him. Um, odds are that he's probably going to win, but you're going to get to put up a lot of money to get any return. So I think I'm looking at a few Eastern Conference teams that might be able to make it all the way and give the Warriors a little bit of a run for their money. Because um, we saw last year, the Rockets had a 3-2 lead on the Warriors and were up big at half, and they found a way to blow it, then blow game seven. Um, 
So looking at the Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, and I think the 76ers, I'll throw them in there too. If I'm going to pick a team to win at all, I think I'm going to have to go with one of those four teams. And I know the Bucks are a very interesting play right now. Um, and I, I want to get your thoughts because they've really been playing unbelievable this year. And, you know, I know I'm a power rankings guy. And right now, CBS has the Bucks, uh top of the power ranking. So what, what are your thoughts on Milwaukee? Um, does Giannis, you know, have what it takes to lead this team to an NBA finals now that LeBron is out of the East? I think it's very possible. The, just like we were talking about in NCAA, how big injuries impact teams at any sport level. With the NBA, for me, it's going to be the Celtics that could get in the way of this Giannis-led Bucks team. But with Kyrie Irving's injury history, Gordon Hayward's injury history, Al Horford being up there in age, and it being a pretty young core around them, that there's so many factors. I personally like the Celtics to get to the NBA Finals. I like that they're not particularly high in the rankings, that they're 15-1. to 1. That's kind of where my money is resting if I had to pick somebody not named the Golden State Warriors. I just hope Giannis, if, if everything doesn't go their way, I hope the one thing that does is Giannis wins MVP. I understand that James Harden is putting on one of the most insane statistical seasons ever, having that 30-point streak just recently end. Um, but Giannis is a true MVP to the teams here in the NBA. I think that him being on this Bucks team has really revitalized them, has really moved them forward, has really made them the contenders they are. I know Chris Milton's a great piece. Eric Bledsoe is nice to have. Um, but he really is the staple of this Milwaukee Bucks team. And I think that in itself, gives them an edge in certain matchups come postseason time. But like I said, Celtics 15-1, to really kind of my pick coming out of the East. And ultimately, my NBA champion pick has to be the 4-9 Golden State Warriors. Yeah, I agree with you. I do like the Celtics. They can find a way to get hot um, at the right time. I think they're the team that has the most pieces and, you know, the best chance to get to the NBA championship uh, against the perennial powerhouse Golden State Warriors. But that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm and amfm247.com. We'll see you next week, everybody. Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. libertytalk.fm.